1: We've got nothing short of an absolute debacle, Pam. I mean, we have got really, really big problems. And this sure isn't asking for sympathy or sending your, your, your sympathy cards to me. I mean, it is tough in all of that culture, as you well know. And it has been for too long, Pam. And so, unfortunately, ethanol was on this fine, fine teetering balance before this happened of break-even. It was a very, very difficult environment. Um, probability was almost scarce to be found, Period. And then it just got 10 times worse. So as you know, with this demand shut in, they're calling it, right, all of this driving that isn't taking place, it would make sense that the cheapest gasoline prices we see are when we don't put it in our car anyway because we're not going anywhere. And unfortunately, that's that's exactly what we see right now. This oil problem is an absolute disaster. And so we can say, is this Saudi Arabia? Is this Russia? Is this them? Is this coronavirus? And it's all of the above. Pam, we have two stations. If you're aware, we have smart stations in Monroe and in Platteville. And um, two days ago, I was able to buy rack gasoline, Pam, at 32 cents a gallon. And so the prices you see at the pump are low, but you put you know you put a dollar of Wisconsin tax on there and federal taxes and. And you haven't seen anything yet compared to what the prices are right now. And it's bad now, but what the fear is is we haven't shut the spigots off on oil or refined products. And with us not driving, this is just gluttony on all of our inventory storage when it comes to to refined products. So the problem for ethanol is now we have absolute Severe demand destruction. We've got an infrastructure that doesn't get the hold in the inventory we make until a time which we need it. We have got shutdown economics that were miserable before this happened. Now they're almost 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 impossible to run, Pam. If if somebody's committing to run, which we are for a while, um, it is only to service our corn partners our DDG and feed customers and the people that need us that have been there for 18 years of good running will be there in some tough times make sure we help them get these bins cord and everything else because of all years Pam that we cannot afford to leave corn in the bin and come back in six months and see if this passed it's this year when we have such sub-quality corn everywhere in stores so we have got this reverberating all through agriculture and um, the numbers are scary Pam, right now our break-even is so low that if ethanol were to rally 20 cents, which is a monumentous rally, we would still have a hard time deciding if we would start up to cover variable costs or just stay down and take our fixed-cost losses. 20 cents a gallon ethanol is 60 cents a bushel on corn. So what that means is there's a potential. If we talk about supply and demand balance and eventually we have to start up and we have to have margin to do it, or not even margin, just cover our cost of, of of what we'd lose by fixed cost losses. It means corn has a significant downside. Not to mention, you've seen it, you mentioned it, renewed sent out. The, the letter um, to the country saying, force majeure, we stop running. Um, we have literally no ethanol plants buying corn right now because everybody has uncertainty if they're even going to run. And that is really, really going to put a lot of pressure on infrastructure, on where does this corn go. And so there's just a lot, a lot of fear, anxiety, and unfortunately, it's all warranted right now.
0: Yeah. You know, and let's talk about the rumors out there, Eric. A lot of conversations about how, oh, well, the ethanol plants will get by. They'll make hand sanitizer. You know, you guys at Badger Ethanol were very innovative when you were uh, constructing your plants and uh, refining your plants for commercial products that could go out aside from just ethanol. But help people understand how difficult that is even if your heart leads you to try to think that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, as, as you well know, nothing is ever as easy as it would lay out to be. I mean, I would love the FDA to give us some clarity, and I'm also on the national, um, uh, a few national ethanol boards, and we're screaming. We need clarity. Right now the FDA does not allow us to take our 190-proof, or our finished ethanol, and blend it with a denaturant, and provide it for hand sanitizer. The FDA does not allow it right now. So we have everybody saying they're out of hand sanitizer, you know. And when you look at a plant, I mean, it's I, I kind of chuckle because I don't know I, know I know how many people there are in the United States, and I know our single plant makes 250,000 gallons of ethanol a day. So to be of the misconception that you could have enough hand sanitizer demand to take one plant, let alone the 16 billion gallons equivalent of hand sanitizer we'd make in a year, um, it's 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 a pebble in an ocean. Um, now, not to say that it isn't urgently important that it's not going to help this industry. What it may do is help the healthcare workers, and that's more important than anything we can do right now than helping our industry. So we're urgently. Pushing the FDA to give us some kind of clarity, so the ethanol industry knows how they can pitch in and help. And what it would amount to is, we take our 190 proof alcohol, which doesn't have um, a lot of fusel oils and things of that nature. We denature it with some other human surface contact friendly denaturant, so you cannot drink it, and then it would be suitable for hand sanitizer for for killing. But right now, the FDA was not allowing that to happen. The entire industry is up in arms, and um, believe me, the They're getting the message loud and clear. We all want to help, but uh, they're not letting us.
0: Wow, wow. Now, Eric, you mentioned earlier that uh, these margins are just impossible. This is not just a Wisconsin issue. This is impacting plants across the United States. Uh, There are states, am I correct, that have just about gone off the scale as far as uh, shutting down production. There is really not any place where there is, I'd say, anybody doing business as normal
1: yeah you're you're right there's nowhere to hide i mean it is it is across the entire country and to be very very honest it is across the world i mean brazil is having similar issues of oh my goodness what do i do with sugar now because the reality you wake up one day and you're competing again like you said with 32 cent gasoline uh it's 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 not in a million and one chances would we have thought that this be a possibility of the risk profile so it's 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 a quandary all over the
0: place yeah, yeah now you mentioned ddgs which our livestock producers obviously depend on greatly and i believe that's a byproduct from basically every ethanol plant uh, what what's the message to our livestock owners that have kind of leaned on that as a staple in their diet and a, a lower cost staple i might add
1: yeah and, and that's one of those things is sometimes you don't appreciate what you had until it's gone i mean for a long long time ddgs had a hard time capturing its equivalent value on the feed value right so it's always been in a ration it's always been known as the cheapest and then a lot of times some of the higher quality as high as the quality as you could have expected so um unfortunately that comes to an end and they're going to have to go back to alternative sources which corn may get very very cheap And so corn finds its way back in the ration, which is not as effective as a feed as DDG's because DDG's have the benefit of having all the goodness that corn has without the starch, which doesn't have feed value. So you'll probably see more rations put corn back in. Um, Bean meal has rallied because people realize this is inevitable, and bean meal will fit back in rations. So we will find feed alternatives, but they're going to have to say bye to DDG's for a while.
0: How many people, Eric, do you estimate in Wisconsin are employed by the ethanol industry in one way, shape, or another?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, directly we're talking about thousands, and, and indirectly we're talking about hundreds of thousands. I mean, this is because, um, Pam, as you just alluded to really eloquently, is it's not just ethanol. It's, yeah, we're making the fuel... But you're talking about the corn producer. You're talking about the trucker that used to be able to go from Browntown to Monroe a 15-minute turn that may now have to go down to a river one and a half hours away to try to get export. And we know how overtaxed the river system is already anyway. And you talk about the truckers, and you talk about the feed, and you talk about the feed mills that we work with, and the corn oil, the corn oil that goes to biodiesel. Us, we make high protein that is into some pet food rations, some other higher value. It is... It is almost unimaginable how wide this is going to spread and how deep this pain is going to be felt.